Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to ask the question, are women who've had abortions or women considering abortion victims? This is an important question, so please stay with us. All right, well, welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, or ask the question, are abortion-minded women victims? Or abortive women, are they victims? Um, there's a lot, you know, in pro-life circles, and people talk about um, the victimization of women through abortion, and certainly, you know, we're going to talk about some of that, how there are certainly women that are victims. Yeah. But there's this mentality that people have that, you know, women are simply just victims of the abortion industry, victims of Planned Parenthood, victims of, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. abortion uh, pushing politicians or whatever. Right. And, you know, certainly there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. But there's a mentality that I think we need to we need to address and that we need to have and, and have an understanding of you know, as pro-lifers that, and that we need to address, we need to reject mm-hmm. <laughs> that women are just simply victims. That mm-hmm. you know the, the the old adage, I guess, that there are two victims in an abortion. And while that can be true in some sense, mm-hmm. um, it's not entirely true. Mm-hmm. And I think we need yeah. to look at it from you know there's sort of a big picture thing, right? Abortion is sin. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of many sins that human beings create and that societies embrace. And you know, if we just embrace the idea that abortion-minded women or abortive women are victims, and there's everyone else who commits sin, are they also victims? Mm-hmm. And you know, in one sense, yes, but in one sense, no. We have to reject the victim mentality, right? Or, or if you are a victim, is it okay to to do a terrible sin in order to somehow get out of the mess that yeah. has been created, thrust upon you yeah. as a victim? That's yeah. part of yeah. the important question, you know. Based on just saying that, mm-hmm. we were talking before we started recording um, about the the situation. Maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but I think it, it has a lot of theological implications. We talk about the first murder. We talk about mm-hmm. Cain and Abel. Yeah. And and you, matter of fact, let's just jump into that. I'll, I'll read mm-hmm. that um, that portion of scripture. Yeah, it was interesting because I was reading it this morning, and it really did jump out to me that it actually related very much to what we were talking about, the first murder, what motivated it, what was God's response, what were the people involved, their response. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is in Genesis chapter 4, and it talks about how Cain and Abel ultimately were born. It says uh, that Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, came that uh, Cain brought an offering of fruit to the Lord, the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought the, four, the first fruit of of his flock, of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he, uh, but he, did not respect Cain and his offering. And there's a lot of stuff people go with that and try to figure out why he mm-hmm. honored Abel's sacrifice. He didn't honor Cain's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's really part of what we're going to be talking about. But basically, um, as the Lord goes on, it says that Cain, or as, a, as the Scripture goes on, it says Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And so the Lord said to Cain, "Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen?" If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule it. You should rule over it. 
Mm-hmm. And it says, Cain talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass as they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Um, and so that's sort of, that, that's the first murder. Right. We believe abortion is murder. Right. And uh, that's the first murder that's, that was committed. And we can talk and, a little bit about, you know, I, I did see, as I was reading this, I could see where Cain could consider himself a victim. I'm not saying he was, yeah. that that is a good or correct perception. But I think you could make the case for it. He he was rejected. He was not respected. It said that Abel's offering was respected. Cain's was not. Yeah. So so right away, we know that Cain felt disrespected. Um, his countenance fell, which means to me, he feels depressed. Yeah, he's he, depressed. Like, he's angry. Yeah. He's depressed. He's been hurt. Mm-hmm. And he's been hurt by presumably the one that he wants to please we would assume that he brought his offering um at least with some desire to please and some degree of obedience right um and and so and and it was rejected and so um you know i can relate yeah (laughs) yeah i mean you could say in one sense cain was traumatized (laughs) he was he was was in exactly and and was his response um did we get to his response yet I don't think to, we did. <laughs> to Cain's response. Oh, that, that he murdered. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, okay, we, you read yeah, that. We, we were there. So, so his response was clearly not a good response, yeah. not a healthy response. But it was a response um, of, in, in one way you could look at it, of a victim. Mm-hmm. Traumatized, hurt, damaged by, um, by God. Yeah. And, and his response was, murder yeah and i think that is not all that different in yeah, some so ways of what we see out at an abortion center yeah. right or in any sort of you know sin when when we look at those situations that we can say you know your people ultimately are victims of you know our own our own sin our own decisions that we make we're victims of a fallen world at this mm-hmm. point you know cain was in the fallen world mm-hmm. adam and eve had already sinned and mm-hmm. and uh, they were ejected from the garden Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he could say he was a victim, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that, I, that we have to be careful of when we're talking about, in particular, about abortion-minded women or post-abortive women is sort of giving some kind of almost like leeway to that sort of behavior, that because they're victims, because they were in difficult situations, therefore we should look at them in a particular way. Right. And the perspective is different. Certainly with abortion-minded women and post-abortive women, we shouldn't look at them as less than human beings. We shouldn't mm-hmm. look at them as like just filthy, and mm-hmm. we should not talk to them or anything like that. Right. But the other mentality of we should just look at them as victims is not right either. And it's because abortion is a sin, mm-hmm. like many other sins, right. that people choose to do. If, right. if, we, if we see abortion as a different sin then we're sort of falling into the trap of, of making abortion somehow worse than other sins. And, and it is worse than, than some other sins, that's for sure. I think in the Scripture we see that there, there's a sin that leads to death and a sin mm-hmm. not, not leading to mm-hmm. death. So we do see this uh, that there are sins that are worse than others, and that can be a conversation for a whole other, uh, a whole other podcast. Um, but if you look at but them if as you, victims, you can also um, look at it almost that, well, they can't help it. Yeah, it, exactly. it almost excuses it. And that's sort it. of where I'm going with okay, that. Yeah, right. we're, we're, it excuses that right, behavior. Right. And just as much as it does not excuse the behavior of a woman who, you know, abuses and murders her three-year-old because mm-hmm. she's he was raising a bad family mm-hmm. and her boyfriend was abusive, you know, the mother who murders her child three weeks or maybe three months old in the womb— um, 
is is still though she has difficult situations and, and circumstances, it's not okay. We can't validate that behavior based on the trauma that she's been through. Right. Or right. we fall into that trap of making abortion somehow this different sin. And yeah. it's different in ways, but sin still leads to separation from God, no matter what sin it is. And sin is is destructive um, to other people and also to those yeah, who, who yeah. commit the sin. So the discussion isn't is is we want to make it very clear the discussion about whether um, abortion um, people who who have abortions are victims or not. Um, that is not to ever excuse abortion. Yeah. The point of it is that that analyzing and understanding um, whether they are victims or not victims helps us to better know how to serve them honestly and how to respond and that's that's sort of the point and that's why i think this podcast is important right um you know i mentioned as we were talking before the podcast about volunteers that we've had sure people who've come out and they they see what we're doing they Mm -hmm. see sidewalk counseling or even i'm sure in pregnancy centers too they want to they want to reach these poor innocent victims these women who need their help and save them (laughs) from from being victims of abortion Right. right And I get it. It's noble. Um, However, when we have people come out and they come out for the first time with this mentality, Mm -hmm. not all, but some do come out with this mentality. These women are poor, innocent victims, Mm -hmm. and they're exposed to the women that they thought were victims who are actually, as uh, I believe it was John Wesley or George Whitfield said in his day, these people are monsters of iniquity. That's a (laughs) a term that he used in preaching the gospel, that human beings are monsters of iniquity. Like we love our sin. Right. And, And... you see that in an abortion clinic. Yeah, you do. I mean, they come out there thinking these 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 poor women who have led such such terrible lives and are being forced into these terrible choices, and then, you know, you're being sworn at and kicked and yeah. and, and given the finger and whatever, and you realize, wow, these uh, are these are some victim. rough victims. Yeah, <laughs> They're victims. And you know, so I share one story. I share this with a lot of people who who have that mentality. These women are just poor, innocent victims of their circumstances, and we need to see them as victims. You know, I had a, a young lady who came, and this was for her fifth abortion, Yeah. okay? And she came, and she got out of her car, and I was reaching out to her like we normally do. Hey, mm-hmm. man, we have help available. We have a, an ultrasound right here. We want to help you. And she said, I'm going to kill this baby. And she said, if I could spit it out of my mouth right now, I would. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is yeah. not a victim. <laughs> no. No. This is, And this is what I'll say. Many of the women, now I, I mm-hmm. preface that, many of the women, I don't say all of them, because we, we're going to talk about yeah, some we're categories talk about here that. in a minute. Sure. But many of the women that we encounter are not victims. Mm-hmm. They are victimizers. Mm-hmm. And they full well know that their baby is alive. Mm-hmm. They've seen ultrasounds because they've some of them had previous uh, abortions or mm-hmm. they've had previous children. And they know that they have a living baby. Some of them are right. feeling their baby move inside of their womb. Yeah. And they could care less. That's right. They could care less mm-hmm. whether or not it's a life. They could care less whether or not God values that life. Mm-hmm. We see them with their middle fingers up all the time. I'm yeah. sure people in pregnancy centers, I know my wife has shared stories. She works in, in a couple of pregnancy centers. And she's shared stories of women who come in there. And they are, they are dead set, yeah. uh, for lack of a better term, on right. having an abortion. And they could care less if they're harming another person. That's right. That is not a victim. Right. That is a victimizer. Right, right. And so so maybe <clears throat> leaping into, you know, um, you make, I think, a really important point. I think anyone who's been on the front lines of an abortion center would probably agree agree with this, that there are some who are like that, who are just hardened, um, angry, defiant, uh, oftentimes just with no um, respect for God yeah. um, and, in fact, mocking and 
mocking God. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That that is definitely a group, but um, but there are other groups that that you see as well. Other ways that you could characterize some of the women, and um, and I would think the bulk of them actually probably fall into what we have just described. Most of yeah, the I mean, women. Yeah, it does seem the majority it or, does or more seem, of the victimizer than the victim. Yeah, it does. But um, but I I I was thinking about this as we were discussing this podcast, and I think that there are two other groups that I that I do see out there. And one of them I would truly classify as victims. Yeah. Um, uh, they, I think they're rare, but, um, but they are out there. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll give you some examples. Yeah. We, we had a young teenager. I'll just call her M. Um, these are true stories. And she came. She was 16, 15 or 16 when she came. She was being brought by her boyfriend. Um, but her grand. Uh, mother was was coercing forcing telling her she she had to have this abortion and so the teen came with with the um the boyfriend um the boyfriend also was very coercive like very he was he was forcing her as much as the grandma i think he was helping to pay for it and um and but the teen had already plotted she really did not want an abortion she knew it was wrong um, she wanted the baby. Yeah. And um, she had already plotted out how she was going to escape. And so she came aboard the RV. We we shared our resources and actually ended up driving her home. Um, and because she didn't want to be anywhere near the the, the boyfriend who was pounding on the RV door yeah. and threatening yeah, us. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and the next day, the grandmother actually tricked her into her car, told her they were going to a pediatric doctor appointment, and um, withheld medication that this girl needed um, for diabetes, I think it was, and drove her to the abortion center. And um, this, this girl figured it out as she was partway there. And, um, and when the car paused, I think it was slowing down for a stoplight, she jumped out of the car, rolled down a hill, ran as fast as she could to a warehouse where she called me. Yeah. And I, I got involved immediately. The police got involved. Yeah. And ultimately, this that mom, a, a oh, fiasco. it was a wild story, but um, ultimately, Cities for Life. And um, and a wonderful, safe family helped this young lady. And she had the baby, and the baby's alive and well. Um, but and, the, the, and the, the Lord sort of turned the heart of the grandmother, too, right, eventually. Yeah, but, yeah. But. And th- I think there were issues with the grandmother, mental issues as well. But she did end up um, embracing the child and the teen, ultimately. And I don't know what happened to the father of the child. I didn't follow the story that far. But um, but I would cl- no doubt in my mind that was a victim. Yeah, yeah. that oh, was yeah. a victim. And if we hadn't been there, and this girl had not been so resourceful, and how many teenagers would do that and oh, would no, dare, yeah. would have the courage to do that? You know, I have no doubt that 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 teen would have been forced into an abortion, and yeah. that that to me is is a victim. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's um, and there's I actually have lots of stories of of that sort of um person, but I'll, I'll move on to what I think would be the second class or classification well, of... Let's, so, so let's talk about that, because okay. within this classification, you know, whatever classification, or sort of the way we're viewing it, it's not like there's some, you know... Right, we're making it up <laughs> as we go along, exactly. <laughs> but it's just what we observe. So you Correct. have the victimizer, right. and then you have with that, you have the, the 
person that's coerced, right? right. You have what, what, yeah. what do we category? What's our category for that? They are victims. They They're, are victims. Yeah. You know the sexual. Um, I I didn't mention that, and that that I think they are victims. The victims of the sex sexual trafficking. Trafficking. That yeah. that sex trafficking is huge in our area. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I think in in most cities, the, those are oftentimes truly victims. They cannot yeah. escape. And the the person, the pimp, whoever, whatever he's called, that is in charge of those girls is very skilled at keeping them terrified and under his control. And they just, um, even if the police get them alone sometimes, they they will not speak up against what they're going through yeah. out of fear for their life or for their family's lives. Yeah, yeah, and that's the point. I, that's what I want to touch on. I also want to mention yeah. another that I've encountered, and I'm sure you have too, mm-hmm. at the abortion clinics, which is um, people who are foreign, in, in, which is some of these, these oh, sex trafficking yeah. cases. You know, yeah. these are foreign women who you know, have been trafficked to the United States and all of mm-hmm. that. And it's like there's, there's you know, a language barrier, a culture barrier. Mm-hmm. There's this, you're out of your element, and there's just this ability for these these pimps to manipulate right. and all of that. Yeah. So that yeah. But also I've encountered women at the abortion clinic, mostly Hispanic, mm-hmm. who come to the abortion clinic who are told, like, by the health department mm-hmm. or told by their OB doctor that their baby was already dead mm-hmm. that they're having a miscarriage and they need to go to this place and they don't know where they're going they just you need to go to this place and take care of the problem this place of course is the abortion clinic these ob doctors and these health department people are full have full knowledge of where they're sending them sure. but these women genuinely don't know yeah. that they're going to an abortion yeah. clinic and some of them i know have gone through with an abortion because they 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 believe the person in the lab coat they yeah. believe the person that seems to have you know, have the authority with it, and they sent us here. And also, after all, I've got to you know respect this person because they have a lab coat, they have a title or whatever. And what they're telling me is right. You know, I have a problem, and yeah. this place is going to handle it for me. Yeah. And and you know, we've had women who have been sent to the abortion clinic who were told they're miscarrying, and by God's grace, we're able to get them on board the mobile unit and find out their baby's still alive, and they're actually not miscarrying, Right, and they choose life. Right. You know, and I I want to piggyback off... That's a victim of just blatant lies and manipulation. And of people that that they should be able to trust. And um, there was a a woman who came, stopped by with with her living child, um, her whole family, in fact, not long ago. She pulled over and said that she had been told by... Um, the health department, that that she had to abort her baby or they would remove her other children from the home. Yeah. I mean, that's a victim. That, that's someone yeah. who is being victimized by um, government agency that is disgusting and yeah, wrong. Yeah, horrible. And, and so, um, you know— But th- thankfully, she— she was showing us her baby. She had chosen life, right? She yes, she did. She did. She she, did. she she went to the abortion center, and actually, uh, the reason she didn't fall for it is she got um uh, we got a hold of her. Yeah. She stopped and talked to us, and we said they can't do that. Do not worry, and we will help you fight that. Yeah. And so, um, I I wasn't here at the at that time. I think it was eight years ago, but um, uh, it was Cities for Life yeah. that that helped her, and that helped her overcome that. Uh, blatant lie yeah um that would you know they i th- i think that there is this this perception among many that okay these are poor people they can't afford to have these children they're going to be on social services it'd be better off for everyone yeah if they just abort Which is their just child a total, yeah yeah, it's godless. I mean, talk about godless. choice. That, that yes. she has the choice to say what's right. you know, what's beneficial to her and her family. Right. <laughs> right. Know, as far as that goes. Right. 
So, so yeah, I mean, that's that to me would be in the category of victims, which is, I think, one of the reasons why that when we're at an abortion clinic, and we'll, of course, continue on with, with some of this other, but sure. when we're at an abortion clinic, we do need to be aware of that. Absolutely. You know, even though it's not mm-hmm. the majority, mm-hmm. and, and there may be days where we're there, and there are none of the women that fit in one of these categories. Right. Um, we still need to be sensitive to these situations, mm-hmm. and the way that we address people is sort of like, you know, we, we sort of believe the best until we're given a reason to, to believe otherwise. Right. So if I see a woman right. come in two middle fingers up and she's mm-hmm. cussing, I'm not going to approach her and talk to her the same way if I see a woman go in and her head's down and tears in her right. eyes. Yeah. You know, um, typically with that sort of blazing, you know, brazen just anger and, and bitterness, I'll just maybe sting them with a little bit of truth. You know, your yeah. baby is precious in sight of God. Don't kill your baby. Mm-hmm. And pretty much just let the Lord deal with them. Mm-hmm. But when you see him, and again, we have to be in, be considering there can be some of these young ladies who are being coerced, being forced, right. sex trafficking victims, that when they get out of their vehicle and, and, and they're mm-hmm. going into the abortion clinic, making ourselves a, a way of escape that they can see. You know, the Bible says in every yeah. temptation, God is faithful and gives us a way of escape. Yeah. As sidewalk counselors, as uh, pro-life ministers in whatever realm uh, we're in, we need to be seen as a way of escape. Right, for these, and these we, we would literally call out, if you are being coerced, all you need to do is yell, help, come to us, we will call the police. Yeah. Um, and so you do need to make judgments sometimes. Um, there's that word again, judge. judge we we yeah. have to ju- make judgments about, is this person being coerced? There are certainly signs that, that we can look for, and um, either in, in sex trafficking or in just a, a mother coercing her teen, that's illegal. Yeah. Um, and um, because that you know, if you make that judgment, then you're going to call out differently yeah. to 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 help them in whatever uh, situation that they're in. Yeah. To let them know that we are the way out, we are help. They can call on us, and we will help them. Yeah. So, um, uh, should we move on to yeah, yeah. what we think might be the the you know kind of our again? <laughs> we're just making this up, but I think it it is based on certainly well, it's based on experience. Experience. Right? <laughs> it's based on what we have at least on what I've seen out there. Um, there there are those like we said the true victims, and then a second category though are those who um, I think you called it victim of their circumstances, yeah. and I think that that's a good way of of labeling it. I called it um, they're in crisis. And they've lost their mind. Yeah. They just really, these are typically people who who would make a choice maybe for God, certainly for a, a, a stronger moral standard, mm-hmm. and that they're the ones that will say, I never thought I would have an abortion. That's yeah. sometimes I'll hear that yeah. in the conversation with them. Um, Even I, some of them you'll hear say, I don't believe in I abortion. Don't believe in abortion. Like, I don't believe in abortion, but, you know. But exactly. And to me, those are, um, that's actually the um, uh, the second largest group, I think, that we see. The true victims, I think, are the smallest. But then there's these people in just enormous conflict. Yeah. and um, They're in the valley of decision. They're, you know, they're they're not decided yeah. Of whether or not, listen, there are women, you know, we have, you know, pro-choice people implying that when someone makes it to an abortion clinic, their mind is already made up, uh, which is a is ridiculous not notion. true. There are women not whose true. mind is not made up even after they've had the abortion. Exactly. You know, exactly. women that we encounter that have taken the abortion pill, mm-hmm. they've already taken the medication. Their mind still isn't made up, and we've thankfully seen some that have reversed that. Right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so they, they're, um, because the crisis is so overwhelming, they are in such terrible circumstances, and so much fear has entered their heart. Um, give us that scripture again, the, with, yeah, with so, the spirit of fear. Yeah, yeah, so God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I believe it's in Second Timothy. I can't right, put the, the right. verse right away. Yeah, but, yeah. but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Right. And when we're under a spirit of fear, um, power, love, and a sound mind go out the door. We're not do. thinking soundly. Yeah. Fear controls us. Fear has us thinking irrationally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a mouse caught in a mousetrap. Yeah. And and they want to get free, and you know, that mouse's leg is caught in the mousetrap. Yeah. What does it do? It ends up gnawing its leg off, and, and rather than dying from the, being in the mousetrap, it dies from bleeding from gnawing its own right. leg off. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, a cornered animal, woman. almost a cornered animal. Yeah. Like all those fearful things are surrounding them and, and bearing down on them, and they're <laughs> huddling in the corner is abortion yeah. because that is society's go-to answer. Yeah. When you've got a struggle, just— just get rid of it yeah. instead of in, it exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you know, some of the stories um, of women that I that I feel hit that category. Uh, we had a young lady who um, I'll call her M again, um, and she um, she just she was here uh, all alone. Her family was in a whole other country across the world. Um, she did have a boyfriend, the father of the baby, with her, but really no one else, no other support. She was working, and her, her dream and desire was go to school. She was working a lot of hours, and um, and she just uh, she didn't see how she could possibly have a baby. Yeah. Now, her circumstances, other than being kind of isolated, were not all that terrible. But, um, but she was someone who I think did have a moral anchor— and knew abortion was wrong. She said she was actually, well, she worked with children as her livelihood. She loved children. But um, she um, she took the pill. She went in there crying, mm-hmm. knowing the whole time it was wrong. And she took the pill, and immediately she said as soon as it went down her throat, she regretted it, that moment. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and ended up calling the abortion pill reversal hotline and ultimately successfully reversing um, reversing the abortion pill, uh, came to the Lord. She and her boyfriend married right away because they believed so they were very soft for the Lord. And yeah. they said, yeah, let's do it. When, um, when I shared the gospel, yeah, the, let's do this right now. Commit it. So they jointly committed their life to the Lord. Uh, they got married within a week after that because they were so convic- convicted that yeah. that was the right thing to do. And they had the child. So this is someone that had aborted. And praise God, abortion pill reversal was available. And we yeah. were standing out there calling that out. And um, and our signs were up. And she, that baby was saved. Um, there was another mom. And this is, I think, a very—I think you, you spoke about this a little. The, um, she was from very poor language skills, um, uh, no support. Uh, she did have a, a family that lived here, but they all lived, like 15 of them, in this tiny little house. There was no way that another baby could enter this environment. Um, she was a, She had already been told she would lose her job if she got pregnant. I think she might have been pay, being in a job that was under the table. Yeah. She may have been here illegally. I'm not positive about that. Um, but just the circumstances were all so 
terrible. The husband, well, there wasn't a husband. A boyfriend had left her and was abusive on top of it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a terrible, it's yeah, a yeah. terrible, her parents, I believe, were alcoholics, and she knew that. Um, so, terrible, terrible circumstances. And yet, again, she was crying. That's always kind of a tip-off. You see someone crying, you know there's conflict. Well, yeah. And she came aboard the RV, saw her baby, chose life, and is one of actually our most loyal supporters right now, just always sending us pictures of her baby and um, uh, overjoyed that she made a choice for life. But she was someone that would be in that, what I consider that second category. The, cir- the circumstances were so overwhelming. The fear became so pervasive that, that she lost sight of who God was and what his commands were and, um, and that there was a better choice yeah. than, than yeah. killing her child. I, I want to mention, not just this sort of like a shameless plug-in, I guess, but we always mention the Sidewalks for Life site, www.sidewalks4life.com. And I wrote an article on there, which I think is really good, not because I'm tooting my own horn, but it talks about just this. It talks about the that scripture that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, and sort of when a spirit of fear comes, when we're under this fear and this, we're afraid of of what the future might hold, then power, which is like the ability to do the right thing in that that situation, it's it's really speaks of moral ability, the moral fortitude mm-hmm. to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Power that goes out the door if we're under a spirit of fear, a spirit of fear, love, which is love for God, love yeah. for your neighbor, love for your baby, mm-hmm. love for yourself. That goes out the door mm-hmm. in one sense. And, and then, uh, so power, love, and a sound mind. Sound-mindedness goes out yeah. the door. Again, that sound thinking, that somehow believing mm-hmm. that paying four or $500 for an abortion is going to make my finances better. Right. And it's like, it's not sound to, to think that way. It's not mm-hmm. sound thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, how do we combat that? We combat that with faith. We f- combat that with God's Word, with yeah. truth. We combat that. With the ultrasound to show them that yeah. the baby is is a valuable human being, and painting a vision, painting a vision of of what that child could be, what it, what is their their ultimate goal. I I often will say, what do you picture as the the perfect life for you? What do you want? And almost, almost to a woman, they say, a family, yeah, a mom, a dad, a baby in a committed family, and um. And then we talk about, well, what does it take to get there? And, um, and I love what Sarah, our baby um, shower um, coordinator, said this morning when she heard, heard us talking about this. Um, and she said she paints the picture of them as an overcomer, yeah. that we can overcome our circumstances. And, um, and people like to think of themselves as, as being more than they thought that they could be yeah. and i think it is valuable for us well, to say you know, they can exactly and what is that that comes directly against society's mentality that we're all victims right. and you know if you let people just be victims mm-hmm. then guess what they're gonna stay victims they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna be under uh, you know victimizing behavior and victimizing thoughts and mm-hmm. ultimately we we you know i will say Every human being is a victim in some way. We're right. a victim of our own stupidity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're a victim of our own sin. We're a victim of the lies of the devil. Yeah. But it doesn't make us um, just sort of, I'll say, like 
vocational victims, right? It's mm-hmm. sort of our vocation just to be victims. Right. Society, though, has bought this lie, and there are mm-hmm. whole communities of people, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even whole nations that have bought this lie that we're just victims, and mm-hmm. there's just no way we can get out from under this. Mm-hmm. But the Bible tells us that we are victors through Him. So we're not victims if we're in Christ. We are victors. That's why it's important that we, when we encounter people who think that they're victims, they've been told that they're victims, and in one sense, yes, they are victims of lies and all this other stuff, that we bring the victorious gospel of Jesus, right? So that through him, because he's the victor over sin, if we're victims, then we're victims of sin by our own will. Mm-hmm. Um, then if our will is given to the Lord, he's the victor, and we get the victory that he won. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important I, for us to bring the gospel. I, exactly. I, I like this maybe as the title, Victor or Victim. Yeah, maybe that's I mean, what we need to start calling <laughs> yeah. out. That's good. Yeah. I, that is really good. And so, but talking about them as overcomers. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that we can do, and I think it's good that we're sharing these stories where we see these women who are in pretty difficult situations. Yeah. And even M, the young lady who we talked about, who vi- genuinely was, I think, the by anybody's M. category, right. she was a victim, she was, right? Yeah. And yet she still overcame. She did. Yeah, and, she and, did. And, she, and, she, and we helped her. So that's not to say that if, if you know, if you have a, if you're a victim that there isn't help or, yeah. that, or, or if you're not a victim that there isn't help. I mean, we're going to help. We're going to yeah. help. But we're not going to, um, you know, Christ will accept us wherever we are. But he doesn't leave us where we yeah. are. He expects us to grow more like him each day. We are to change. We are. There is an upward call. And I think with M, that teenager, she returned to school. Um, she she ended up in a pregnancy resource center where until she had her baby, she returned in to a, school. A maternity home, you mean? A mater- yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. A maternity home. Um, and uh, and she did finish school. She did graduate. She did get a job. Um, she did restore her family. She was, you know, reunited with with the family that had it really victimized her. Yeah. Um, and you know, and she's doing okay. And she's she showed a victor, us, right? She and was she's an she was a victor, and that's yeah. what happened with the other M, the M that was in that second second category um, that did the pill reversal. You know, she got married. She had the baby. Um, I think she's going back to school he's got a great job he got a job and 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 they're 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 doing really well but and I want to think talk about that um the ones that consider themselves victims but they're not and how that mentality can really affect whether they make changes our ministry is not just to be welfare yeah. And and to just keep giving handouts to someone because that doesn't help anyone. That enables, I think, yeah. that to remain in in whatever terrible circumstances you are. Um, but we do want to help in a way, not only through tangible means, but through the gospel, so that there will truly be a change of heart, change of mind, yeah. and they will really try to to change their lifestyle. But I remember a family that that we helped maybe more than any other family. Um, you know, really maybe thousands of dollars worth of, worth of assistance. And at one point in, in when she had hit on hard times again, when she told me, no one is helping me. Of course I'm in this situation. And I just, you know, I right away said, that just is not true. Yeah. And I started to list all the help and, and reminded her that, um, that not only had she been helped, but there comes a point at which you just truly have to make a decision. I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to do the next right thing. And I'm going to keep doing the next right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so kind of pointing her back to you can be a victor, but 
it's in the Lord. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to find it out yeah. outside of the yeah, Lord. I mean, so it's like, you know, you can you can stay under victimhood if you want to. Right, exactly. But the fact is, God is calling you up. He's calling mm-hmm. you to be a victor. Mm-hmm. And it, as God's people, that's the message that we're bringing. You can be a victor in trusting in Jesus. Because yeah. he's ultimately the victor over over every yeah. ill that, yeah. we're, that we're given to. One of the things we love calling out to the men um, that, that plays right into this you could be a hero mm-hmm. today. You could be a hero today. God gave you your muscles, your superior strength to protect and help and uphold vulnerable women yeah. and children. Yeah. And and so giving them that 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 image, that vision of this is who God designed you to be. He designed all of us to be overcomers, to overcome sin through the blood of Jesus and yeah. then um, through faith and to to become more like like our Lord. Yeah. I told you when we started, I wanted to mention or I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your story because, yeah. you know, it's not that that you know, certainly we have experiences with other people, but you have a personal experience. I do. And you shared that in your testimony in the first, I mean, it mm-hmm. was like what the second podcast that we right. did, I believe, right. and and how you had had an abortion. Yeah. And because, you know, again, there's this mentality that abortion minded women, post abortive women are just victims. Mm-hmm. So I'll just ask you very pointedly. Yeah. Do you think you were a victim when yeah. you had your abortion? Do you, yeah. Do you feel like you're a victim? And I fall into the third category, which is so it plays into that hard hearted, in rebellion from God, honestly could care less. And yeah. I hate to say that now it's a completely different story. I still weep over my abortion. But back then I didn't know the Lord. Um, I certainly bought into the lies of of uh, society, mm-hmm. of the law. It was legal. Yeah. Um, and um, and really, just I really just wanted to not feel sick anymore. I had big plans, you know, big aspirations, and a baby definitely didn't fit into those. Yeah. And um, and so it was getting rid of an annoyance. It was it was not. I honest, I'm pretty sure I never thought of it as a baby. Yeah. Um, so I was in full rebellion from God. Yeah. I did not recognize or desire to recognize at all the humanity of this child or that I had any obligation to care for this baby. None. Yeah. It was it was as alien to my mind as as anything could be yeah and so I guess I you know I guess I can understand where those women who come to the abortion center who present with that same picture I understand where they're coming from that was me and it was through um it wasn't until I came to the Lord that I truly understood um what I had done and began to make a 180 degree turnaround in my feelings regarding abortion yeah. and, and so, so when home. we're talking we're saying that you know the majority of the women that we encounter mm-hmm. are not victims but victimizers right we're not just pointing the finger at least you're not just pointing the finger and saying those women are victimizers right but you're saying that's how that's I was. what i was <laughs> yeah I was that's what i was myself yeah and and no one is saying just so there's no false perception that you know somehow those women that, that are victimizers and just you know or brazen in their attitude toward mm-hmm. abortion, that somehow they're they're unhuman, mm-hmm. that they're um, should be written off and shouldn't be reached. They should right. absolutely be reached. Right. We're, we're there to reach them because I was some, reached. Yeah. I was reached not in time for the baby, but in time for my um, eternal safety and salvation, and yeah. and you know my walk now. <coughs> um, so we know that that 
people can change yeah. through yeah, the because we, you know, we as God. believers, um, we don't have the right to to put ourselves as better than. So when we're saying that women are not always victims of abortion, as a matter of fact, for the most part, they're not victims right. of abortion. The right. babies are the victim. Um, we're not writing them off, and we're not yeah. saying you know that somehow they're the worst people on the face of the planet. But we're what we're doing is we're looking at the biblical reality. And the biblical reality is that when we give ourselves to sin, we can blame sin if we want. We can blame the devil. The devil mm-hmm. made me do it. We can blame God. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at our first parents, Adam and Eve. Yep. And look, when they fell into sin, when Adam gave himself to sin, direct disobedience to God's command, who's the first person he blamed? Right, God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he says, it was the woman that you gave me. Right. The accusation is toward the woman, but the first person he's blaming is God. Yes. Hey, if you wouldn't have gave me this this woman, then after all, I wouldn't have wouldn't have been tempted to sin. Right. She's the one that gave me the fruit, and so I'm a victim, God, and you're the victimizer. Yeah, blaming God as as sort of like God's making us this victim. And, and the women Cain, say that the women <clears throat> say that as well oh, yeah, at, at an abortion that, center. Certainly. Hey, the God gave me this baby. You mm-hmm. say God created this baby, and it's His fault. Yeah. Let him deal with it. Yeah, which is which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, and you know it sort of fits even in this story with uh, with Cain and Abel. Um, you know, God warns Cain. You know, your countenance has fallen. Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be received? So apparently, Cain, you didn't do so well. Yeah. And you know, Cain could blame God and say, "God, you're just uh, you're causing trauma in my life." Mm-hmm. And since I have trauma, I need to act out. I need to to do something with this trauma, and and I'm justified in in whatever I do. No, mm-hmm. God's saying. If you do well, um, then you'll be received. If you don't mm-hmm. do well, then sin crouches at the door. Its desire is to have you. Yeah. So God's warning him. And we see a warning in the Scripture about sin and the progression of sin and when people give themselves to sin, yeah. that God's not to be blamed. You know, John, uh, James, the first chapter of James says that, that let no one say when he is tempted, he is tempted by God. Mm-hmm. God did not tempt Cain in, right. in this. Even though he didn't mm-hmm. receive his sacrifice, there was a reason he didn't receive his sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um no one say when he is tempted, he's tempted by the Lord, for God tempts no one with evil, nor is he himself tempted. It's just not in God's nature to tempt people with sin. Right. And it says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. Mm-hmm. When lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. That's exactly what happened in, in Cain's situation. It brought forth death to his to his, his brother, Abel, yeah. righteous Abel. Yeah. Um, and it brought of course, devastation in Cain's life as well. Mm-hmm. So he was victimized by his own his own sin in that mm-hmm. sense, and he um, wonders about the earth. You know, it says, if, if I go somewhere, he, he pleads with God, and God had mercy on this guy. He did. God had mercy on Cain yeah. and put his seal on Cain, yeah. and if anyone hurts you, then they'll have to deal with me. I'm paraphrasing. Right. And that, that's amazing. It is. And, and, of course, God in his mercy, he did that in your life, mm-hmm. right? He, yeah. He, he pursued you. Mm-hmm. You ultimately surrendered your life to him, mm-hmm. and God took that. As you one time were a victimizer, now you're helping women to see um, that their baby is actually going to be the victim of abortion and helping them to choose right. life. Right. Um, so yeah, that's 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 cool. The way the Lord in His in His awesome wisdom works. Yeah. And can even take the hardest of hearts. Yeah. And turn them around. You know, I've seen women go in. I know you've seen it too. Mm-hmm. You know, two middle fingers blazing, cussing us. They go in like that. They have their abortion. and They come out and they're they're just devastated. Their hearts right. are broken. Right. And uh, that's an opportunity for the gospel. It is. It is. Yeah. You know, as you were talking about scripture, I um, uh, I want to share some of the stuff that this morning I was I was doing a Bible study um, just on just where it happened to end up for that day. It was on the book of Jeremiah in um, chapter seven 
and eight. And I thought it was a, a really, it was like describing um, so, so well um, what I would consider the, um, the victimizer yeah. person out there at the abortion center. So I'll just read like a few pieces from those, from those verses. Um, it's, it's in Jeremiah 7, starting in verse 5, and all the way Jeremiah 8, ending at verse 12. But I'm only going to pick out a few. Um, uh, God is talking now. He says, if you do not oppress the alien, the orphan, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, then I will let you dwell in this place. Later, he says, will you steal, murder, and commit adultery and swear falsely and offer sacrifices? Um, you say, we are delivered so that you may do all these abominations. We hear all the time people saying, God will forgive yeah, me. God so me. I'm going to go in me. there and yeah. do this abomination, but I will be delivered. Yeah. Um, uh, this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you will be my people, and you will walk in the way in which I command you, that it may be well with you. So God is painting the vision. You can do this. You can, and it will be well. But instead, what they have done, that which is evil in my sight, and um, they have built the high places, which is the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, which I did not command, and it did not come into my mind. Yeah. Um, and death will be chosen rather than life by all the remnant that remains of this evil family. Um, they refuse to return. They have spoken what is not right. No man repented of his wickedness, saying, what have I done? Now, remember my our abortion reversal lady, she did repent yeah. and say immediately, what have I done? Yeah. She's, that's why I'm saying I think she's kind of in a different category yeah, than, yeah. than these really hard-hearted people who don't repent. They don't say, what have I done? They justify yeah, it. Yeah. We'll or hear them say, of, I know, had to do it. They double down on it. They blame God or they blame circumstances or, right. or just yeah. disregard that what they did was even wrong. Yeah. And then the people saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Were they ashamed because of the abomination they had done? They certainly were not ashamed. So um, those are, you know, I think pretty um, eloquent descriptions of of, yeah. of what we see. And then in contrast, um, think about uh, I think we've we've talked about it before the Hebrew wid- midwives who were told by the king of Egypt to to kill the the Hebrew sons. Yeah. Um, and um, they they were to put them to death. And the, but the, the scripture says, but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the boys live. So God was good to the midwives. The people multiplied and became very mighty because the midwives feared God. He established households for them. Yeah. So you can choose right. God has given us the ability to choose to do what he has told us to do, but there's a group that clearly is not going to do that. And, and so that's that's probably the hardest group of people that we yeah. meet I mean, out at the abortion yeah, center. Those are mostly the people that just walk in there, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should weep over those people. Yeah, We should and not we just do. be, you know, forget them and, yeah. and, and, you know, they're too hard to even be reached. We right. should weep over that. Yeah. And, and not forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, you personally can mm-hmm. say, and I can personally say, you know, I shared my testimony in the first per, a couple of podcasts that we did. And part of my testimony is at that point in my life, if I could have taken my girlfriend to have an abortion, mm-hmm. and when she when I found out she was pregnant, I would have. Mm-hmm. Because I was a selfish little punk living yeah. for myself. Yeah. And I, I would have 
without any any second thought to it right of taking her down here thankfully yeah. it, you know god in his in his mercy gave her the strength to to not even reveal it to me until it yeah. was too late in yeah. one sense yeah um but we know like we're no better mm-hmm. than those victimizer women apart from christ right i'm no better yeah uh, but by the grace of god he's changed us and he's made us victors uh, rather than victims He's made us victors rather than victimizers, mm-hmm. and he can do that to anyone who um, who has a confrontation with him and his Holy Spirit and surrenders their life to into his hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so with that, you know, I kind of want to wrap this thing mm-hmm. up and, and give some people some uh, something to chew on there. I think it's mm-hmm. an important subject. Yeah. If you have you know, comments about this particular podcast, you have things that you want to. Uh, you know, kind of sort of run by us and, and thoughts that you have about this subject. We'd love to hear from you. You can connect with me at dparks at citiesforlife.com or uh, Vicki at vcasiorg mm-hmm. at citiesforlife.com. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, Charlotte Cities for Life, and interact with us there. We do post these podcasts every now and then on our Cities for Life page. Um, you can also go to our Sidewalks for Life site that I mentioned earlier, Sidewalks, the number four, and life.com. It's an equipping site for sidewalk counseling. And we just love to hear from you. Um, we're going to start putting some of these out on YouTube, probably just in audio form. We're doing some videos and uh, really just hadn't had the time to process the videos and put them out right. there in sort of video form. But you can put them out there in audio form on YouTube. So I'm doing some of that so you can comment there, and I'll be checking the comments from time to time. But we appreciate those who listen. And we appreciate you uh, praying for for the ministry of Cities for Life and praying for this podcast, that Mm -hmm. it reaches people and uh, it has an impact for the gospel. Mm -hmm. So God bless you. Use me, Lord, oh, use me, Lord. Give me, give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. Two.